Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a family ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join us as we break open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for this Sunday's Mass, as we invite the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers to inspire us today. And now, here is your host with Reflections from the Heart. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Reflections from the Heart. My name is Jim O'Day, the Executive Director of Integrity Restored, and I'll be your guest host this week. Reflections from the Heart is an outreach of Gospel Reflections. It's a time where groups from around the state and country get together, open with prayer, and read the gospel for this week's Mass. The group then discusses what this gospel means to them, and hopefully how it's impacting their daily life. So that's what we're going to be doing today, ladies and gentlemen. Joining me today is my good friend, my brother in Christ, Father Alan Hoffa from the Diocese of Allentown. Uh, Father Hoff and I work together in the Ministry of Integrity Restored. Uh, We've had the ability to become very, very good friends, and uh, he's an incredible guy with a beautiful passion for our Lord and for souls. So, Father, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much, Jim. Um, I'm going to do a quick opening prayer, Father, and then if you could read the gospel, and then we'll begin talking about it. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for your your word that you bring to us in this gospel, and we thank you for this time together, this brotherhood and sisterhood with all those who are listening. We ask, Lord, that you fill us with your Holy Spirit, open our hearts, our eyes, our minds to your holy word. Fill us and guide us and direct us, And, and always let us rely on falling back on your scripture to help us navigate through this life. We ask all these things through Christ our Lord. Amen. A reading from the gospel according to John. Jesus said to the Jewish crowds, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. The Jews quarreled among themselves saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life within you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. I will raise him on the last day. For my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me, and I have life because of the Father, so also the one who feeds on me will have life because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Unlike your ancestors who ate and still died, whoever eats this bread will live forever. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, you, Lord Jesus Jesus. Christ. Hmm. Well, I I can imagine, uh, Father, you know, sitting there uh, on a stone or, or, or whatever, listening to Jesus uh, have this commentary and kind of be a little bit shocked, right? What 
are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because they they didn't have any um, they didn't have any other insight at that point. Just he's using these words that are kind of concerning to me. I would think. Uh, what do you mean? Eat your flesh, drink your blood. Are you talking mm-hmm. about cannibalism? Mm-hmm. And so I can imagine it was a very difficult. Uh, thing for them to hear and must have created a lot of conversation in the group. What what do you think about that? You know, the word that just settled on my heart in reflecting on this gospel, Jim, was hunger. Mm. And it's the way in which we hunger as human beings. We have many different hungers, many different appetites. And when we don't focus those hungers in the right direction, and let God inform our hunger, then we can get a lot of disillusionment, a lot of crazy ideas, a lot of things that don't make sense. And when we think about the Jewish people, they had a hunger. It's been a hunger that trailed and was with God's chosen people all throughout the Old Testament. And Jesus comes to them and says, you know, I'm here. I'm what you've been hungering for. I am who you have been hungering for. And the story of Jesus in the Gospels is, for many of the groups, people who refused to accept Jesus, who he was, people who cast him out, the people who crucified him and killed him, it was all because they had up this made-up concept in their mind of what was going to solve their hunger issue. Mm. Instead of letting God actually feed them and satisfy their hunger. Mm. And I, I think, you know, it, it's so interesting because the, the, there's two sides of this. One of it is, is us being intentional about our hunger and how to feed our hunger. Because again, Jesus gets intentional here. He, he bears it down. He's like, there will be someone, you know, maybe me, maybe somebody else uh, who's can feed your hunger, maybe the bread of life for you. No, Jesus says, I'm that person. It's almost like, you know, someone asks you what you want to, to eat. And you may say, like, for instance, you know, oh, if you want, I, I want beef. Oh, well, guess what? Someone could be, you know, serving you a tomahawk um, or they could be serving you a uh, burger from McDonald's, which, right. you know, again, depending on who's talking, it might, might be beef, might not be beef. Who knows? Um, but the truth of the matter is, is that there's a spin. You know, for me personally. I'm very intentional, um, as uh, you know. Everybody knows I belong to the Good Eaters Club. Um, you know, when people ask me, you know, like Father, would you would you like some? You know, what would you like to eat? Uh, I'd like a, a a nice steak, a good steak, quality steak, a side you know, of beef. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I don't need you know, I don't need a, uh, a I don't need to be a tomahawk. I, I don't need wagyu. Um, but uh, you know, I like a. Uh, I'm not necessarily a sirloin guy. Um, you know, don't be serving me ca- Salisbury steak from the cafeteria at school. Um, but uh, I'll take a, a Delmonico Porterhouse, you know, T-Bone, yeah. nice. Uh, you know, I, I want that. I If I want a burger, I'll tell you I want a burger. Um, but my my intention of what's, gonna, what's going to appease my hunger, what's going to satisfy my hunger, I if I'm intentional about that, then I'm going to get what is, is necessary, what's needed to solve that hunger. The problem is, is that when it comes to the hunger of our souls and when it came to the hunger of the souls of the people in Jesus's time, it's still the same. If we don't let God be part of the one who informs us of what we need, then we're going to constantly journey for something more. And Jesus, again, he says, 
I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. He's very specific. I see your hunger. I see your need. And I've been sent to fulfill that, to satisfy that. Hmm. I can be secured in hunger. I want to talk about that hunger for a minute. Um, in mm. our work here, ladies and gentlemen, that Father and I do, uh, along with Dr. Kloponis and, and others at Integrity Restored, is dealing with, with people's hunger for intimacy and connection uh, mm. in, in struggling against pornography addiction. And I think this hunger idea, Father, is a really good way uh, for us to look at our lives individually what are we hungering for? And how are we feeding that hunger? I think it's a great question that you're asking. Because um, yeah, one of the big things that's come, you know, our, our wonderful founder, David Abel, you know, with Stewardship and Mission of Faith, uh, it is a response to the hunger of the people of God. Amen. Right? And, and then when we look into each of the individualized ministries um, that fall within the umbrella of stewardship and mission of faith and the stewardship family. And again, like you said, we're blessed to be involved with integrity restored. You know, we see that there are, you know, those, those natural hungers and those good hungers that we have um, for that come from our soul. And then there's also the hungers that are not good. Um, the sinful hungers, the, the tempting hungers that come from our fallen humanity and people go. And it, it's amazing sometimes how, we can find it so easy to feed those sinful appetites. Amen to that. And yet, yet Jesus himself, the God of the universe, comes down and says, I'm the one who can feed the appetite of your soul. And we're like, you know what? Thanks, but no thanks. Uh, I'm going to go and I'm going to run after this uh, this hunger or this what I think is satisfying to my hunger. Um, and it's not because – one of the things that we know, again, within the work that we do is that so many people, you know, turn to sinful things, especially within the realm of pornography, yep. uh, you know, sins like masturbation, and they think that it's going to solve a need. And at the end of the day, they're left even more starving um, than what they were before because they depleted themselves in even a, 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 a more detrimental way. Mm. And now they're really starving. And yep. what happens is, is when people get, you know, to that point of starvation, then they'll eat anything. And it could turn from one problem, one use, one habit, one addiction to another. And to it's that. not healthy. So when, when we hear this and the Lord acknowledging, here I am, and then we get into the theology of grace, which I always say as a priest, you know, if Catholics really understood and if the world really understood uh, the gift of grace, especially the grace that's communicated through the sacraments, people would be like knocking down church, church doors to get in and to receive the sacraments. Amen. Because where else can you go and receive the indwelling of God in you, in you? You can't. You, you can't order off at Amazon. You can't go through the drive-thru and get anywhere. It's not going to be at the local Walmart or wherever you are, what the, what the store is. It can only come to us through the life of faith and, and God being manifested, especially in the sacramental life of the church. And, and that's a perfect segue to, to what I wanted to discuss next. You know, when I was reading the scripture in preparation for this show, um, I thought about how, how, you know, in the Old Testament, um, God provided manna for the Jews. He sustained them with manna. 
And so they understood the kind of bread connection, I would think, uh, because it's spoken about many times. But here Jesus is saying something even more. Mm -hmm. This is not manna that will feed you in this life. This will feed you eternally. Mm -hmm. And I think if we really, really understood that and pondered it, that in the Eucharist, Jesus is really there, we would be blown away. We should be blown away. Mm -hmm. So uh, in, this, in this passage, I think my own layperson understanding, Jesus is kind of teeing up the Eucharist for us. This is what you need. And, you know, you're exactly right. And one of the things, especially in today's day and age, it's a cultural struggle uh, because so often we live in a culture now that is so in the moment. You know, when when you think of even, you know, like our, our parents, our grandparents, you know, they they had much more of a, of, a, of a thought of saving for something in the future. And now everything is now, 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 now. The only thing that moments or that matters is now. And again, Jesus is saying, you know, I'm not I'm, you, your ancestors ate the manna and it kept them alive for what that hunger was. And we hear, of course, in the first reading um, this weekend, you know, the reference of, uh, to Moses. Uh, but when we think about what what Jesus says, he says, yeah, you took the, the short term. Your ancestors wanted the short term because that was what was most dire to them. We need to eat. We're hungry. We're starving in this desert. But the bread that I will give is the bread that will bring you to eternal life. It will give you life. It'll make you alive. And sometimes, again, I, I made that uh, connection to you know starvation and when we're com when we're depleted, the things that we will just convince ourselves are perfectly fine and that that's not really good for us. And yet we think that it is. And I think, you know, as we, as we move along, it is, it's saying, yeah, there are things that we can live for in the moment, but at the same time, we also need to make sure that we're investing ourselves for the future. Mm. And it's not just the future of a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, it's our eternal home in heaven. And Jesus is giving us himself so that we can make that investment. And so that we have the strength, again, through his indwelling, to be able to do what is necessary on a daily basis, to be invested. So, so when we think about, Father, when we think about the graces of the body and blood of Christ, mm -hmm. what, what are you... What do you mean when you say that, just in practical layperson terms? Well, I think one of the big things is, is when we hear the word communion, mm. it, it is that connection to the body of Christ. It's a reminder to us that we're no longer alone, um, but that you know, receiving the body of Christ and the fact that the body of Christ is consumed by Catholics all throughout the world, we are united in Christ himself, mm. that, that common union with him. And I think the other thing is when we think of the word Eucharist, Thanksgiving. And it directs our our thanksgiving to God, not that you know the, the the what is done and accomplished in this life is just my human effort, but it's actually God acting in you know in us, and it's God acting in the world. And when as He acts, we are thankful for His His action. 
And so we can see that God's operation in the world, it changes people. It changes us. It changes those around us. And so when we think about graced moments or the effect of grace, it is the acknowledgement of God acting in our world. But as I've said many times before, God is not a God of in, of imposition. He is a God of invitation. We have to want it. And that goes back to hunger. Mm. We have to say that, you know, w- what God offers, I want. And it's not because I'm being compelled or forced to. Of course, you, that could happen. But it, that doesn't work for us. It doesn't stick. What we are, what is necessary for us is that we have that acknowledgement that I need this. And I'm going to do what needs to be done. It's it's the person who says, I always love as a priest, you know, you get the people, Father, we couldn't come to Mass this weekend because Johnny had a soccer tournament. Or we couldn't come to Mass this weekend because, uh, you know, we had the, the all-day dance recital uh, on Saturday and on Sunday, and we just couldn't go. And I remind people, I say, you know, with the greater indwelling of God in you, and His grace manifested in your life, how much better could all of those things be <laughs> if you were actually satisfied with the bread of life? Mm-hmm. How more alive could you be to celebrate your child, to be a family, to be a spouse, to be everything that God calls you to be? How much more better could you do that if you had the increase of God in you? Mm-hmm. And they sit back and it's like, yeah, makes sense. But then comes the aspect of desire because only when it really does stick and, and it goes back to communion, common union with the Lord, when it becomes relational, mm-hmm. we think about the fact that this isn't some, some random guy um, who went and gave his body and blood to us. It's God. Yeah. The only begotten son of the father the God of the universe, the King of King and Lord of Lords has poured himself out in such a way as to feed us. Maybe the big question is, is who else does that for us? Right. And the answer is going to be nobody. And so the, the w- w- how grace is manifesting itself is in all of those ways. It's God revealing himself, God in us, but transforming us in relationship, in his presence in our lives in actually giving him his very self to us hmm. so that we can be on that road that is, is heaven bound, not just a, 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 a life that clings to this earthly reality. Right. Right. And I think sometimes maybe th- that becomes the difficulty, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because we, we separate our, our faith life to an hour on Sunday mm. and then everything else uh, during the week, all those hours of work and family and recreation, whatever, uh, they take a higher priority. Mm-hmm. And so I think, at, at least for me in my, in my conversion, one of the things that was really important was the the understanding of having faith for sure, but also the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. That really is body, blood, soul, and divinity, our Lord. Mm -hmm. 
Well, I think the, the other piece of that is, is it speaks to God's infinite power of the fact that he can go and change the, the, soul, the, the, the soul property, if you will, of bread and wine mm. to be, to be, not to be a symbol. Right. Transubstantiation, not consubstantiation, to be Jesus himself. Again, it is God who he's not keeping that power and that ability to himself. He's putting into action in the world for the salvation of our souls, not the salvation of his own. Mm-hmm. He's already in heaven. He's God. All, all, all things are in him. But when he goes and pours that out for us, he's doing that for us. Mm-hmm. He's, he, he has the power to do that, and he wants to. And he can do it for us if we let him. And that's the biggest thing. Like you talked about your conversion. Every story of conversion is each and every man, woman, child saying, I want God to do in me what he does, which is to save my life, to be my Lord and Savior, to be alive in me, to show me the way, to be the one who is going to bring me to eternal life. And once we do that, man, well, the floodgates open of what gets poured into us. But it starts with us first saying, I, I, I want that. And there, again, is fostering that hunger and that desire. And what hope we should have. Because that was not a singular event that Jesus did that just for those people in that time. Uh, for the Jews he was surrounded by. Mm-hmm. In, in a great mystery. It's constantly happening at masses around the world all day long, where Jesus is right there doing the same thing for us today, right now. And I just think that's really incredible that uh, our Lord and the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords would do that for us. And only if it was us Singular person. Only if it was a singular person. Yeah. He would have died for us. He would have given his body and blood for us. All of it. Just for one singular person. Wow. But he did it for all. And that's the intention. You know, that, that's, the, that, that's the intention. It's those of us who want what he offers because we know the power of what he offers to the extent that we can comprehend it. Because again, like you said, right. there's a certain level to which it is mystery and we cannot fully comprehend it. And I think that that's important too for the people of God. And, and, and you know, that goes all the way back to what Jesus says in this gospel and all the way through to this day. There is that which we can, you know, it's sort of interesting how the church works. You know, we go throughout, and we, you know, the, the church's year and we come upon these different realities, you know, Holy Week and Easter and the Easter season. And, you know, we have, of course, you know, Advent and Christmas and, you know, all the things that happen during ordinary time. But don't you know what? The two greatest mysteries almost of, of the of the church, the, the Eucharist and the Trinity, they're slapped one weekend right after the other. It makes it very fun for us as homilists um, to get out <laughs> there and be like, yeah, we're going to talk about mystery two weekends in a row. But yet it is – the. It, it's important for us to have that acceptance of the fact of mystery because when we don't, then we get into this conviction that we can know it all. And that's mm-hmm. when we also run the chance of being the God of the universe. Jesus doesn't dangle this out there and, and, and sort of mock us and say, I can do this or this is who I am and you're not. It's 
in in my love for you, I am giving myself for you. And mm. while you can do that in other representative w- ways, you cannot do it in the way that I am. And I'm not lording that over you and saying that you're less, but as a God who loves you, I'm giving you everything that I have and the best of what I have. And thank God for that. Amen. Amen. So I, we have a couple minutes left and I, and I just had one question for you. Mm-hmm. When, when somebody is, is struggling uh, maybe with belief in the Eucharist, mm-hmm. what would you recommend? I think one of the big things is a lot of times when, when people are struggling with an, the, the, a belief in the Eucharist and the real presence, some of it comes from this, it, it's either I know everything mm. or it's a sort of a, a downplay of our ability that someone convinces that I know nothing or I can't, I can't understand that. And it's it's a middle ground. There are things that we cannot understand about this great mystery, right. but there are also things that we can. And it's important for us. I think you know one of the great things that I have always found. Of course, we have the scriptures, and we hear you know from John's Gospel, chapter six, uh, the bread of life discourse. But I think you know the scriptures are there. But I think also the lives of the saints, because there are so many saints who have done so many uh, be- have reflected in so many beautiful ways about the Eucharist. And I think in closing, um, I want to recommend this because it's actually a person who has a dual role um, in connecting this weekend's gospel along with the work that we do at Integrity Restored is Blessed Carlo Acutis. Mm-hmm. Um, Blessed Carlo, uh, you use the Internet and modern means to be able to bring people to a deeper understanding of, of the Eucharist and the devotion to the Eucharist. And at the same time, you know, he also was using the Internet in such a way to do good, where we know that the world is using the Internet to do evil, especially in the spread of pornography. And so, you know, look to the blessings like Carlo Acutis, look to the saints who have written so many beautiful things um, on the Eucharist and let them be the guide because they were you know, poor sinners, just like you and I, um, who made a choice to let their hunger be fed in the right way. And when we have that hunger, we say, OK, I want to figure this out. Go and, and find those those holy people out there um, and also get the reflections from, you know, whether it's the Holy Church lady who is in that mass all the time um, or, you know, the, the person who's next to you praying and just listen to them. Be inspired by them and Amen. their love for the Eucharist and let that Amen. change your life. Father Hoffa, thank you so much for being on. Uh, thanks for joining us this week on Reflections from the Heart. And ladies and gentlemen, as always, thank you for listening. Uh, Please pray for this ministry and all the ministries of Stewardship and Mission of Faith. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, please consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For more information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a gospel reflection group in your area, and to learn about all of the family of ministries, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make reflections from the heart possible. 
If you've enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a tax-deductible donation by visiting stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of all of us at Stewardship, a mission of faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.